Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 285 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Wendy Baker. Wendy lives in Sylvania, Ohio, which is a suburb of Toledo where she is a full-time stay-at-home mom who does part-time clerical work for a small business. And also, she's joined in her lap by Rizzo, her cute dog, who might do some barking. So if you, <laughs> so if you hear any, any dog noises, it's, it's Rizzo saying hello. So welcome, Wendy. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Well, it's great to talk to you. This is the first interview of the new year. I know everybody who's listening, it's already February or later by the time you're hearing this, but I hope that you had a wonderful holiday season. And I did. 2023, here we are. Yes, yes. A great year, hopefully. I think it's going to be a great year. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, like most people, there's a short story and a long story. We like them all. Yes. The short story is the term intermittent fasting came through my sister who found you. And that was in the spring of 2018. And other than that, I had also somewhat played with a little bit of fasting, but didn't know it as fasting years before that when I read Timothy Ferris's book, The Four-Hour Body. I remember that book, yeah. And he suggested that two days a week you have 500 to 750 calories. But 
I spread them out through the whole day. Yeah, but that's what people were doing back then. That was 5-2 was coming out around then, and people were spreading them out throughout the day. So it was like almost fasting, but just not quite, yeah, and, and way I harder. I would do it for a week or two, and I just couldn't bring myself to do that. Because, you know, I was eating a bunch of celery and carrots, you know, and just stuff with not much calories and a little bit of, you know, maybe an egg or a little chicken. And it just, it didn't sustain me. So I couldn't keep doing it. It was just enough to keep your body from tapping into your fat stores for fuel, but not enough to make you satisfied, which is why, you know, even if you're going to do, you know, 5-2 or something with a 500 calorie day, not spreading it out through the day is a lot easier than than trying to have a little bit as you go. So yeah, so you were you're that was probably dabbling with it at that same exact time because I read that book. I read everything. So yeah. So to get to the long story, growing up, we ate very healthy home cooked meals. We did not go out to eat much, and my mom always had a full course meal. We had protein, starch, vegetable, dessert, every meal. A well-balanced meal. Well-balanced, home-cooked meal. And when I was probably junior high-ish, my mom got diagnosed with high cholesterol. Well, we changed our way of eating a little bit because she started using low-fat products. Was this around the, the early 90s by any chance? Yeah, probably late 80s, late early 80s, 90s. Right. And so then my mom started struggling with weight and she had never had. And part of that probably was getting into the premenopause time of her life, plus then changing her eating habits because of this high cholesterol, going on cholesterol medication and stuff. So when I was about 18 to 19 years old, I started to struggle with my weight a little. This weight started to come on a little. When I was 19, I went on birth control because I got married at 19. And we just had our 26th anniversary last week. Oh, that's exciting. Happy anniversary. I got married at 21 and Chad was 20. So we were early, early marriage people too. So I went on the birth control, which, you know, when you go on birth control, then that can cause more weight struggles. And so that's when the dieting started. I think my first diet I did was Atkins. Mm Mm-hmm. Because my we were newlyweds, so we you know we were not always eating the greatest, and I was cooking all the meals myself for the first time ever. Yeah, I'd cooked growing up some, but not uh, day in and day out. You know, so a lot of easy carb heavy. Yeah, did you use like what was it that I used to use? Um, hamburger Helper. I remember. Did you my ever use that? Loves, my husband and children love it. I don't eat it. <laughs> I just I had a, when you said that, I had a flashback to when I was first married and trying to figure out what to cook. A lot cook of spaghetti. And, well, I think we yes. A lot but of hamburger Helper was like magical because you just bought that and put your hamburger in it and there it was. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister was going to be getting married. So I'm like, I got to lose weight. So I think I did Atkins. And that just started the up and down of weight. Some of the different diets I remember doing over the years, I started with Slim Fast actually when before my wedding because I was in college and so I'd grab a Slim Fast and take it with me to drink for lunch. We really, that's like kind of all we had. The tools in our toolbox were these weird diet pills at the drugstore or Slim Fast. I mean, that was like it. Thankfully, I never did any of the weird diet pills. That's good. I did Atkins. I did Weight Watchers. I had success with Weight Watchers when I did it. I lost probably 30 pounds on it. And that was, I lost, wanted to lose weight before having kids. So right before our fifth anniversary, probably between our fourth and fifth years married, I did Weight Watchers. Got down and got pretty small, 125. And how tall are you? I'm, well, back then I was five, three and a half. I'm more like five, three now. And not real muscular back then. So I weigh now more even, but body recomposition makes me smaller than. (laughs) That's the miracle of intermittent fasting causing us to lose more fat and maintain the muscle mass so we can be smaller at a heavier weight. Yep. And then after kids, I did things like isogenics, the lemonade diet, the cabbage soup diet, Shred, the revolutionary diet written by a doctor. You know, you're supposed to lose 20 pounds in this. You know, I never did. Was that the one? I'm trying to remember shred. It was 
a doctor, he was, I think he was on that program, The Doctors or something like that. It was a book and you followed, it gave you what was to it the eat late every single 90, meal. Like 99 or 2000 or was it more? Yeah, this was, I bet this was more like 2010 or so. Okay. Okay. Then I'm thinking of something else because I just suddenly had a flashback to one where I remember eating a lot of chicken. I don't know. Was yeah, there a lot of chicken no. in? Okay. Must have been something else. Yeah. Then I did calorie counting. I did where you entered my fitness pal. I did the carbohydrate addicts diet. I did intuitive eating. With intuitive eating, I always wanted McDonald's and Oreos. But my body says I need them. That's so right. I can and eat them. That was one of the big premises. You know, don't judge food as good or bad. If you're if you want it, you eat it. Are you hungry? The answer was always yes for me. Probably because I was eating Pop Tarts and McDonald's. That <laughs> my body was definitely looking for nutrients. Yes. And before I started intermittent fasting the last one I did was the Trim Healthy Mama. And I had some success with it, but I was eating all the time because if you were allowed to switch between fuel types every three hours. Well, I mean, I would eat about every three hours. And it just and you couldn't mix fats with carbs. Well, I don't like carbs without fats really. Yeah, and fats without carbs are also not any good. Yeah, I mean and I do okay with low carb, but it's not my favorite because I love carbs. It just was a struggle. In addition to the weight struggles, I, as a teenager, sorry men, but I had very painful periods. And I now know that I had endometriosis. Okay. So by going on the birth control when I was 19, I really feel like it helped calm down the endometriosis and helped me when I did want to have children to not have so much scar tissue kind of built up. Your hormones. Kind of, yeah. To, yeah. So then when I was 25 years old, you know, I had my first child, went on birth control again between children. I have three years between my children. But after my second, I said, okay, I'm done doing birth control. I've done it enough years that I don't want to keep putting it in my body. And so we did a more permanent solution because we were done with our family but then the pain just started getting worse and worse and worse i had my youngest when i was 28 by the time i was 36 i had to find a new doctor because my doctor wasn't willing to figure out what was causing my pain and i was almost passing out wow and did it happen like just like with your cycle or was it all the time it was Inner, sometimes with my cycle, sometimes not. I mean, it just, it felt like things were ripping out of my body. That, I mean, and see, just, that, that's the part that's sad. I mean, there are amazing doctors out there, so many of them. So, you know, I, I don't want anyone to ever think I'm saying anything against doctors. But when you have a doctor who isn't listening, that's not good. You deserve a doctor who is amazing and who will listen. And constant pain is not normal. And you deserve to find somebody who will not just say, oh, well, that's just what you do. You feel pain. No. (laughs) Yeah. And the doctor wanted to just do an ablation. I'm like, well, I don't think that's the answer. Right. So I found a different doctor. I went to, for women who are in this situation, I found a gynecologist who did not deliver babies. Yeah. Because I had been going to a doctor that their practice was 10 women and they delivered babies. That was what they mainly did. So I found a doctor who didn't deliver babies, and she said, we have to go in and physically look and see what's going on. So she also ordered an MRI to look for what's called adenomyosis. The MRI didn't show it, so she said, let's go in and just take a look. And so I had my first surgery to go in and diagnose endometriosis, and she burned it off. Afterwards, I went on a medication that kind of put you into menopause just to see if that would help. But that made my body just, I didn't feel well with that. I started getting like ticks and just, I said, I can't, I can't do that anymore. A lot of side effects from that medication. So then within about 10 months, the bad pain still was continuing. So at that point, I was 37 years old and she said, I think you need a hysterectomy. So at the age of 37, I had a complete hysterectomy. So I went into menopause. I tried losing weight before I had that surgery because I knew it would be difficult, 
to lose weight after having a hysterectomy like that. But it just was so hard with the pain I was dealing with. It just, it made it so difficult. So I, you know, had the hysterectomy. I did some hormone replacements right after because they, that's what they suggested. I have very sensitive skin. So after about a year and a half, my eczema got so bad from the patches. So I had to switch to a different different type, but thankfully I have a good compounding pharmacy. Oh, that's good. That that's important. That. Yeah, when my OBGYN was talking to me about hormone replacement options, she said, how are you with adhesives? Because <laughs> you know, the patch, you got to stick it on there. And luckily I seem to be okay with it. But one of my boys didn't do well. Like he put certain band-aids on him. I think it looked like latex kind of a thing. So yeah, yeah. I'm not good with adhesives. So I am fearful to use too much estrogen. I want the benefits, but because of having the endometriosis, it's almost like estrogen is an enemy to you in a way. When I had, after my hysterectomy, I felt so much better. I felt like a poison had been removed from my body. Well, there, you know, there's such a thing as it's, I'm not an expert in this at all, but estrogen dominance. It's when you have too much estrogen and it's not in balance with your other hormones. And so, you know, there's, it's like, there's a balance. That's why you have to have somebody checking your levels, somebody who's skilled in this. Yes. Yeah. And then when they did the lab report on my uterus, it did come back that I did have adenomyosis, which is where the lining of your uterus attaches to the uterus, which is why I had so much pain. And the only way to get rid of it is to have a hysterectomy. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Well, I, I know that was awful to go through, but such a confirmation that that was the right thing. It was. It yeah. absolutely was because I, I felt so much better. I had urinary tract infections for years, and I had adhesions of the endometriosis on my bladder, and I just really feel like... Uh-oh, Rizzo's licking Rizzo's, the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Rizzo, you got to stop doing that because we can hear it. <laughs> He's so cute. He says, what kind of dog is he? He's a Havanese. I don't know what that means, but he's, <laughs> I don't know that kind of dog. Okay. Well, he's super cute. He's a little cute little black dog. Anyway, if you hear something weird, it's, it's Rizzo licking the microphone. So you had adhesions on your bladder, you were saying? Yeah. And I had urinary tract infections and I really, once I had those adhesions burned off, I quit having urinary that's tract awesome. infections. See, this lets us know that there's a, a root cause and see, that's the kind, that's the kind of medicine I'm 
I'm interested in for my doctors. I want them to be root cause yes, exactly. doctors who look yes. for, you know, not just here's something for your frequent bladder infections. Here's some more, you know, medicine to cure them. No, why am I getting them? Yes. So after the hysterectomy, my weight just, it used to be when I was younger, if I got up to 150, that was it. I had to diet and get back down into the 120s. Well, now I couldn't even get down into much past 145. I was getting up into the 160s and I got probably close to 170 before I started intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. So in the spring of 2018, my sister tells me about this and I'm like, oh, I'm doing this workout and I just, I'm so hungry that I, I could never do that. I eat so many times a day. There's no way I could do intermittent fasting. Then she was talking about it on Facebook more and I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I can't let her lose weight and me not lose weight. <laughs> so I, I thought about it. Well, then she recommended your book and I read your book. And that was delayed on deny back then. That was delayed that was on the only deny. One. Yeah. yeah. So I tried it without reading the book and I tried eating breakfast and a small lunch and skipping dinner. And that was too hard, you know, because... I'm that a, schedule does work for some people. That's how they feel the best. But those people are foreign to me. I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So probably it was June and I decided, okay, I'm just going to see. I read the book. I said, okay, I'm going to see how long I can go. And I gradually worked myself up to probably a 19 to 20 hour fast in a daily eating window. And I did that for a year and I quit gaining weight. So... And I want to explore that for one second before you keep going, because that is a victory. And I know we want to lose weight. But if we are, if, if somebody who is hearing this has been gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight, and you start intermittent fasting and you don't lose a thing, but you stop gaining weight, that is a positive. So you have to keep that in mind. That doesn't mean you have to, you know, that's going to be forever. There's probably a tweak you can try to help you lose the weight, but that's just a really important factor to keep in mind. And then, so at that point, I knew over the last probably five, well, probably since my hysterectomy, I had fought my fasting blood sugars. They were creeping up. They weren't super high, but they'd be in the low 100s. So I knew I probably had some insulin resistance going on. I'm very short torsoed and I carry my weight in my stomach. So I just, I said, okay, I either have to go low carb or try alternate day fasting. I said, I don't want to do low carb. I've quit having to give up food groups now and I don't want to have to do that. So I think it was about September of 2019, I started like a, probably a four, three pattern. I would, at that point I was working five days a week. And so I fasted Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I only had to take food on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I started to lose weight. Oh, that's great. So see, for everybody who's listening, that's like, well, what is, why? Why does that help? Alternate daily fasting is great for lowering your insulin levels more. Because on the days when you're fasting longer, like let's say you're doing a 36-hour fast on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Nothing lowers insulin better than the clean fast. So that's what's really, really important. And then the up days boost your metabolic rate. And that's important as well. So you got to have that down and up pattern because they each have a role to play. So you finally started to lose weight with that 4-3 pattern that you were doing. Yes. And I was very consistent with it. And even when the pandemic hit, I was still going to work five days a week because it's a small business. And... We then didn't have any activities with our children. So we were walking. I mean, we'd walk three to five miles a day sometimes just to, you know, get out and get moving because we were used to being on the go with our kids playing sports and things. And then everything was shut down. And, yeah, yeah, and everything was shut down anyway. So I actually lost more weight over the pandemic time of shutdown and didn't have that struggle because I could eat what I wanted on my up days. And so you didn't restrict foods during that time. You weren't low carb. You didn't do anything like that. I did not. I did not. I would buy those salad kits that have like, they're like the chopped salad kits. And I would open my window with those because I really find that my body responds well if I open with a big giant salad to, you know, give my body a ton of nutrients 
when I open up my window after a long fast. Yep. I think that's true. And that's also, for me, it's in the summer. I enjoy salads. Right now, I'm like, eh, no salad because it's cold. But in the summer, I, I love those chopped salads the most. Yeah. And I, I've actually quit using them very, except for on some occasions because the salad dressings are not really the greatest for you. That's the trickiest you. part. Sometimes I'll just throw that part away and do my Yes, own. and I'll do that too sometimes. Um, because so it's I've, still convenient to have all the yes, other stuff chopped up and ready for you. It is. So I use them occasionally now, especially if I'm going to be working on a day that I need to eat at work. You know, I'll take one with me. And Rissa is just licking, licking, licking. So bless his heart. <laughs> He loves his mama. Yeah, he does. He's a mama's boy. So I continued the alternate day for probably about close to a year. And then I want to say like normally at the beginning of the school year, it's very stressful. So I would go back to a daily eating window and I'd do it for about a month. And I always just felt so gross. Really? So you don't feel your best with a daily eating window? I don't feel my best with a daily eating window. So I would go, then I go back to, I'm like, okay, I'm back at it, you know, because sometimes it's fun to eat every day. But then when you start to not feel great, then, you know, so I think about once a year, I try going back every fall, I try going back to a daily eating window. I wonder if there's something that you're eating that's inflammatory for your body. Well, then, so this past September, my doctor wouldn't just order a fasting insulin. Oh, boo. <laughs> yes. Without she, she wanted to know why. And I'm like, I'm not trying to type that in a message. I'll just order it myself and go right. with it. Walk-in so, labs yeah, on the web. So I went to walk-in labs and I ordered it. And my fasting insulin was 8.5. Okay, so that's still a little high. It is. At that point, I had developed another skin tag. Oh. So I knew... My body is still fighting the insulin resistance because I think there's a lot of healing that is going on internally still between my endometriosis that I had. I have a lot of allergy issues. I even tested negative for allergies. My doctor ran all the tests and I test negative for him, but I just have a tendency towards the inflammation. I think, you know, it just goes with the endometriosis. You know, my body has that inflammation still in there. And I think some people naturally just might produce more insulin than other people, right? That too. And higher levels of insulin are inflammatory in general. And so I always go back to that normal distribution that we learned was called the bell curve when we were in school. And everything follows that, including how much insulin we release from person to person. So some people have more work to do than others. Yeah. So over the past years, especially since starting fasting, I didn't want to start doing a bunch of heavy exercise along with starting fasting, but I figured I'd been doing it long enough now. And I also was diagnosed with osteopenia. I don't know how to pronounce osteopenia? it. Osteopenia? Well. Is yeah, that how you say it? Yeah, I think Everybody, so. Everybody, we're just doing our best here. Yeah. <laughs> we think it's osteopenia. Yeah. And I have a family history of osteoporosis. So I'm like, you know, I really need, and I did get a vibration plate a few years ago. So I had used that on occasion, but I'm like, you know, I need to do some muscle building workouts. And one of the interviews I listened to on this podcast, she talked about an app she uses called, I think it's called Hit Burn. Oh, you're talking about Liz. Yes. Yeah, she's so, awesome. Yes. So I'm like, I'm going to check that out. So I got on and I ordered one of their programs. Well, then when I was checking out for it, they're like, well, we'll give you access to our app, the lifetime membership for the price of one year. You're like, well, okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I did that and I started working out. And this was after doing a month of daily eating window. My waist had gotten bigger. Also at the time... Cynthia Thoreau came on and replaced you on the Intermittent Fasting Podcast, and she kept talking about, you need all this protein, you need all this protein. I'm like, well, I can't get all this protein every day if I'm not eating every day. And then I, so, and I don't do well with eggs, which I know she says she gets a lot of her protein from eggs. So I was eating cottage cheese every day and yogurt every day and like all this heavy foods. Yeah. And just a little speaking to that real quick. 
I genuinely believe that protein requirements are just another example of bio-individuality because I don't feel good when I eat too much meat. And I also, in a minute, I'll tell you about what I just have figured out about dairy about me. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so I was overeating too many heavy foods and not having room for all my vegetables that I know help me. And so I almost had to stop listening to that podcast. Well, when we try to eat like somebody else, because and, and people are very, very certain that what they're doing is the best for everybody because they feel so good. And that's the danger we all fall into. Like, like if I said everyone, your eating window should open at 3 p.m. and last until 8 p.m., that's the way it works for me, so that's what you should do, that would be wrong for a lot of people. So we got to figure it out. And food's the same way. Yeah. So I went back to my alternate day fasting of trying to, I get... Most of the time I try and get three down days a week, but I try to at least get two. And then I started working out and I lost three to four inches around my waist in a few months. That's amazing. Because my waist was creeping up again, you know, because I was eating too much of this and not following what felt good to me. Yeah. I have just learned something that I think I'm like, I'm literally as of this morning, like in a funk about food. <laughs> and I haven't been in a funk about food in a long time. But have you heard me talking about my whole food plant based experiment? Yeah. Okay. So I did a, I was going to do it for 90 days. And I started October 27th and I was going to go for three months. And I was with me doing Zoe again and trying to really focus on building up my gut and just feeling so good. And the more plants I ate, the better I felt. So I didn't have dairy, eggs, or meat. For 60 days, including Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I mean, I, like when I do something, I'm stubborn. I do it 100%. Then I woke up on December 27th and said, it's been 60 days. I'm going to just reintroduce everything. Now. I'm tired of it. <laughs> well, that's a week ago as of when we're recording. I have had this weird pain in my shoulder that started at some point around May or June. And I thought it was because we moved or the water aerobics or I slept on it weird. And it just wouldn't go away. I went to a chiropractor, kept going, kept going, kept going. Well, recently, like within the past month, I realized my pain had completely gone. No more pain, completely gone. I woke up with it again this morning. It's back. And so I'm like, what could it be dairy? just reintroduced. I haven't had any meat yet just because my body doesn't crave it. So it's definitely not meat. And I only had eggs like one time, but I have just fully on like back to the butter, back to the cream, back to, you know, I had ice cream. Dairy might be inflammatory for my body. And I am like having a hard time with that because it's so good. And I am, I don't want to give up dairy. Anyway, (laughs) that's why I asked you earlier if you knew that certain foods might be inflammatory for you. Because I would have sworn on a stack of Bibles, dairy's not a problem for me. Yeah. And I haven't (laughs) gotten there yet. One of these days, I would love to do Zoe, but I'm I'm not ready to do it yet. You don't need to do Zoe to find this out. Because Zoe didn't tell me dairy was inflammatory for me. It was taking it out and then... Now I've put it back and I wasn't expecting my shoulder to start hurting. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I know that sugar definitely is. And like I've been feeling it because, you know, over the holidays you eat more sugar. So I'm so ready to (laughs) get all that sugar out of my house. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I have not gone down that path yet. I'm not quite ready to do that yet. I'm not either. (laughs) Maybe when my kids are out of the house. Yeah. The reason I I stopped it after 60 days is because it's hard to avoid foods and especially dairy and eggs. And so I may just need to avoid dairy, but I'm really not sure that I want to go down that road. But if my shoulder's going to hurt, I don't know. Anyway, so it might, I might've just slept on it wrong. So I could be just (laughs) speaking out of, I could be wrong, but I have this terrible inkling in my back of my head that perhaps dairy is a problem for me. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that information. Anyway, so back to you. (laughs) So at this point, I know I need to keep sticking with my alternate day, you know, four, three, five, two pattern and continue the exercise I've taken off the last two weeks with the holidays. I fasted a complete fast the day after Christmas because I was so done with food after Christmas Day. And then I didn't do another full fast day until New Year's Day. Because with my anniversary in there and other things going on, it just, it didn't work. Because I knew I didn't have 
time to put in another update after. So, and I'm very good about, I don't open my window on my updates until probably between 11 and 12, but I eat two full meals and one to two snacks. So you have plenty of time to fit it in. That's Yeah, I don't close until like 9.30 at night. That so. sounds perfect. The only caveat with waiting too late is sometimes people are like, well, if I if I wait till noon, I'm not hungry till then, but then I can't eat two meals. I'm like, well, don't wait till noon because you got it, but you're, you're having no trouble. Yeah, I definitely eat plenty. In fact, I try after listening to a podcast where somebody said, well, I start with breakfast and I have three meals. I tried that. It did not work for me. No, because I'm not going to eat a salad before 11 o'clock in the morning. And I feel best when I open with my big giant salad. So I sometimes try those things and I shouldn't. <laughs> well, no, you should though. Cause see, now, you know, it confirms but now it. I like, know. Yeah. When you try it, and it's, some people do need to start with breakfast because they are not going to be hungry enough for the whole update. But you've realized you don't. But you wouldn't have known that unless you tried it. Exactly. So I feel so much better when I do it this way. That's how you know. Yeah. It really is the way I feel the best. Yeah. I think that's that's powerful. So how have you kind of fig- figured out what your, I mean, I don't want to say protein requirement because I do not agree that everyone should force themselves to eat a ton of protein because someone else tells them to. But what have you gravitated to? Well, I just try and make sure, especially with doing weight-bearing exercises, I do try and make sure I get a good serving of protein in each of my meals. And I've even, I'm not a fish eater, but I've started eating sardines, which is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) If I ever start eating sardines, someone send help. I've been kidnapped. (laughs) a shellfish eater <laughs> when too. it comes to that but I've started eating sardines and you know it's do you eat them bones and all I did but you know I've been buying them at Costco and they don't come with bones okay. at Costco. and I mash them up and put in like some capers and lemon juice and a little bit of I buy like that avocado mayonnaise to yeah. mix in it and I eat it on whole grain crackers that I get at Costco and it's actually really good so, and I'll have that. Well, I'm having a hard time with that. <laughs> like, I can't do, like, I can't do Caesar salad dressing that's too Caesar-y, if you know oh, what I okay. mean. Yeah, so I don't yeah. think I can do it. <laughs> but I'm glad that you're enjoying that. I'm enjoying it. And I only eat, I do that maybe once or twice a week. But a lot of times I'll eat leftovers from the night before of what I cooked for my family. And I cook for my family. I'll try and sometimes make things I don't like just because <laughs> then it's really easy. I make them hamburger helper on the days that I don't eat. <laughs> but, you know, that's an important thing to, that you're bringing up because sometimes new intermittent fasters worry. You know, how can I possibly raise a family and cook meals for my family when I'm not eating? It's like, well, it's just another task that you do. Like when you're doing the laundry, you don't have to wear all the clothes. When you're preparing a meal, you don't have to eat all the food. It's just something you're doing. And at the beginning, you have to remind yourself not to lick your fingers. (laughs) If you're going to make something that you think you might need to taste the seasoning, make that on an eating day. (laughs) Right. Sometimes people ask that too. They'll say, how do I cook for people if I have to taste it? You can wait. (laughs) Exactly. And sometimes I'll do that. I'm like, okay, come out here. I need somebody to taste this for me. Well, and after you've been cooking for a long time, yes, I've been you cooking know, for a long I mean, time. I don't need to taste the spaghetti sauce to know how much Italian seasoning to put in. I just eyeball it and I just put it in and I'm like, that looks like enough. Exactly. Exactly. Now my husband at first thought I was nuts with this, but then by like November of 2018, right after I started, he was complaining, I'm just hungry all the time. He was never a breakfast eater, but by 10 in the morning, he was ravenous and it didn't ma- he just couldn't ever get rid of that hungry feeling. So I was like, well, you know, <laughs> if you just don't eat and wait, you might feel better. So he started it, but he would never say he did intermittent fasting. That's funny. <laughs> he said, you know, this way you, he still says this, you know, this way we eat. Yeah. He just doesn't like the words intermittent fast. He doesn't. (laughs) Sounds like a commitment. Yes, (laughs) he does it. And he feels better. He has a lot of gut issues. When he was young, he was on a lot of antibiotics for ear infections. 
And then he was real thin through high school, but he was super active. And as an adult, he does a sit-down job, you know, had put on weight. And then one year he got sick with a bad sinus infection, went to urgent care, and they gave him an antibiotic. Well, he had been on medication for acid reflux for quite a few years at that point, and that antibiotic destroyed all his gut bacteria, and he ended up with C. diff. Oh, yeah. And it took months of antibiotics. It was the worst time in our lives. I bet it, so. It was terrible. He could have died if he hadn't been diagnosed when he had because he was very sick. So after he had C. diff, he did not want to go back on the medication for his acid reflux. So thankfully, I found out about bioptimizers. Oh, good. And have him on a regimen with them. And, his and what, gut what's is, helping him? with? He takes their probiotic and their digestive enzymes. And then he takes their HCL every night after he's done eating. That's good. Yeah. And they have, you know, I only talk about the magnesium. They, they sponsor my podcast. And, and I have him on that too. And I, I love the magnesium. And they always want me to talk about all their products, but I don't use them. So I, I have a thing. I will not talk about products if I don't use them. So, but I, I think that they're a great company and they have a lot of products. So here's, this is, this is not a sponsored moment, but a plug for them in that, you know, I absolutely take their magnesium every day. And if I had other issues that they're products addressed, I would take those too. <laughs> yes. So I think he still has a lot of this gut issues that he hasn't lost a ton of weight. He's lost some, but it's really improved his health and he feels better. And he even notices that some of the foods that he used to eat, he doesn't like as much, you know, as he used to. He's like, this doesn't same taste the same. <laughs> like, well, it's you, you're different now. Yeah. So, but he really does enjoy eating this way and does appreciate the way he feels. And he feels like it helps his gut health too, just by resting it more, you know, and not eating as much. And he's like, I just don't know how people eat all the time anymore. I'm like, it's yeah, I know. true. My, um, my mother was here with my uncle for Christmas and she quote, can't fast, <laughs> has to eat. Right. But they got up and, and had breakfast like they would go to Waffle House. They stayed at the hotel down the road because our little beach cottage doesn't have enough room. And But they would go eat breakfast in the morning, and then they would come over, and, and then it would be time for lunch, and then a, like a big dinner. I'm like, I don't understand. Oh, I don't either. It makes me ill. <laughs> I mean, I can do it on on my up days. <laughs> well, I can't even but, eat all those big meals. Even, no. That, it's just I, too yeah. much. Yeah. I couldn't eat yeah. anyway. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And I like to eat. I'm a volume eater, but I can't imagine eating three meals a day every day for the rest of my life. No, ever I can't either. Again. No. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Even and then he's like, you know, I started eating early on Christmas and it just threw me off. He's like, because I just don't feel good. <laughs> this is the first Christmas eating. I didn't start eating early ever. The first one ever. We're not, we, you know, we're not in Augusta anymore. So we didn't go to, to my dad's where we always had brunch. And I made my morning sausage balls like I always do. Sausage and cheese and Bisquick. And I wasn't doing cheese and I wasn't doing dairy and, and meat because I was like doing my experiment. And I wasn't even like sad or missed. It. I just made them for everybody else. They smelled delicious. Everyone ate them. And so I didn't eat till after like, I don't know, one o'clock, two o'clock. And I was like, huh, this is the first Christmas I didn't eat in the morning ever. And it wasn't hard and I didn't miss it. And I wasn't sorry anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so nice that you have that freedom with intermittent fasting that you can make that decision and it doesn't matter what other people think you should do. You do what feels right to you at the time. And sometimes you make choices to eat things and later you regret it and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that happens to me often. But you don't have to feel bad about it. You just move on. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. 
Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Yeah, exactly. So what what kind of schedule does he follow? You know, you're he's a daily four, eating three, window. Five, two. Okay. Yeah, he eats every day. He usually starts with a snack at work and then comes home and eats dinner. And he's usually done eating by six, six thirty, because he finds too with his acid reflux that he does better if he has plenty of hours before he goes to bed after dinner. That's a really good point. So anyone who's listening, if you struggle with acid reflux, eating too late close to bedtime can cause the food to press against that opening between your stomach and your esophagus, what a sphincter out or whatever it's called. But that can lead to you know, when you lay down reflux issues, something to keep in mind. Yeah. Yes. Some non-scale victories that I have. I was on so many allergy medications I think I was taking probably six things at a time in the spring. Yeah. I mean, I was taking so much between nose sprays and pills and decongestants and everything so much. I do still take a daily Zyrtec and Singular because I have a tendency towards a little bit of asthma when I get, when I do get sick. So just at this point, I'm not ready to go without that. I have a goal someday to do that. I have less inflammation in my body. My skin tags are gone. My skin is softer. I'm not a diabetic. I probably would have been a diabetic by now. I'm sure I would have been. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One of my goals right now, rather than I don't really have a scale goal at this point, I can't weigh. It brings too much diet brain. But I have I'm going a to a new doctor yeah. tomorrow, yeah. and I'm like, if they try to make me get on the scale, I yeah. will fight them. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. So my goal is to get my fasted insulin down. I'm going to wait about six months from when I last had it checked and go get it checked again. But my goal is to get that down because I really think that that will help. And I'm in a very stressful time in my life with where my kids are in school that I know the stress keeps me from losing weight like I want to. So I'm just going to stick with the fasting, the exercise, and work on my health goals. Well, Liz is going to love hearing that you tried Hit Burn. It's H-I-I-T Burn. She loves it too. I bought a month of it and then I was like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, see, I only exercise at home. I'm not a go-to-the-gym person. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go anywhere. And so I, I will walk on the beach and I will and jump I, on. If I had a you know. beach to walk on, that would be what I would do too. I love walking the beach. Yeah, so I do that every day, but that's, that's all I can do. <laughs> my warm-up before I do my workouts is 15 minutes on the vibration plate. And usually I do workouts that are about 20 to 25 minutes. So between the two, you know, I'm spending between then my stretching at the end, probably about 40 minutes exercising when I do it. And I've been trying to do four to five days a week. You just feel so good when you do it. Yes. So more non-scale victories is freedom. I have freedom. I don't have to associate guilt with food anymore. I don't label foods as bad. I label foods sometimes as they don't work well for me and they don't make me feel good, but they are not bad. I have a much better immune system. My husband was just sick over Christmas and I always would have gotten it from him and I didn't. 
I might have had one day where I was feeling a little off, so I rested more, but I never got sick. That's the way, you know, me, I think we passed something around, me and Chad and Will each had like one day with a headache and a little sneezy, and that was it. Yeah, so I'm able to fight stuff off so much better. I had COVID a couple times, I think, and never tested positive, but I tested positive for antibodies after. Okay, yeah, so you your body fought it off. And the one time I was sick when I tested negative and I lost taste and smell you know, for a couple of days, but I always ended up taking prednisone to get rid of my cough because my asthma would. And now I'll have to do a breathing treatment every now and then when I'm sick, but it's nothing like it used to be. It's so That's much awesome. And that goes back to the, the lowered inflammation. And also the fasting lets your body have time to fight things off because we're not, you know, our resources can be directed to digesting food constantly or fighting off things we need to fight off. And I want to give my body time to do that. Yep. And I have better digestion now. And I've, let, I had, I've fought acid reflux over the years too. And so now if I'm feeling like I need to, I'll take one of the HCL pills and that's all it takes to keep that under control. I'm sure that there's even more non-scale victories that I haven't thought of. Well, how, how close are you to your dream size? I know you don't weigh. I'm close. The way they size clothes anymore, it's hard. It's to, hard to know. It's so, yeah. so hard to know. I would like to lose a little more, but I I want more of my waist size to get down a couple more inches. I think that's important. Keeping your eye on your waist measurement, and also when I when I did my whole food plant based experiment, my waist size went whoop right back down to premenopausal levels. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and that's why I kind of would like to do the Zoe at some point, just to see how I process, you know, foods and just That see, would be interesting. It would be interesting and track my blood sugars. But you absolutely don't have to do Zoe oh, to figure yes. out how foods make you feel. I really believe that a good elimination protocol yes, is powerful. Yes, I'm really bad and, at that. <laughs> Well, I am, I, I don't enjoy eliminating anything. And I just, like I said, I was, I did it for a month before I did the Zoe again, because I wanted to really work on building my gut with all the plant-based foods. And then for another month after that, I'm shocked that dairy might not work for me, like I said, you know, cause, but I would not have known that without eliminating it for a good enough period of time, because I've never really done that. And the pain went away and now the pain is back. So that's, I, I really wonder if there's something in your diet that's inflammatory that you don't, the fact that you feel so much better when you, when you don't eat at all makes me think that's got to be it. And that's the part that is like, nobody wants to, to find out that a food doesn't work for them. Cause I've gone through that right now and I'm, I'm, I'm like not real happy. I hope it's not true. I hope I just slipped on my arm wrong, but if, if I do realize if, if dairy gives me great pain in my shoulder, I'm not going to do that. So I got to figure something out anyway. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> like I said, I really think once my kids are through school and I don't have that stress going on in my life, that it will be easier to do something like that because stress can cause a lot of that too. And this is just a very high stress time in my life. But fasting just gets me through those difficult times. I really, when I stick with my down days and have those, it just balances my body out. Cause that, and you feel better. I do. I just feel so much better. And I can sleep after a down day. It's the stress things that keep me awake more often than that. But and when my husband was sick, he wasn't sleeping. So then I wasn't sleeping and things like that. But being on a down day does not keep me from sleeping, which is, I'm very we, happy We do about. hear that from some people that they have trouble sleeping after down days. And and I've tried doing a 500 calorie meal, but I don't do well with eating just a little bit. Once I start, <laughs> I want to keep going. And I've thought about experimenting and maybe once a week doing a 500 calorie meal. If I have a situation where I can't fast on the day I want to, but it then throws the whole rest of the week off of maybe trying to do a 500 calorie meal. So that might be in my future. Yeah, you can always, always tie things it to see. play. Yeah, there's always things to play with, which is nice. Exactly. And sometimes you're surprised by what you find out and you weren't expecting to love it. And exactly. or maybe you realize, oh, no, that didn't work at all. <laughs> it's not working. But that's the beauty of it. You know, you're not going to mess anything up. No. By trying something. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything that you struggle with? Diet brain, just even with measuring sometimes it's like, well, how tight do I pull it to get my, you know, it's like, you know, always just trying to get the smallest number you can. It's like, no, you need the reality sometimes. Exactly. And that's not squeezing the measuring tape. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so that can, that's a challenge that not diet brain with food, but diet brain with measuring and goals and things. And sometimes listening to bad advice, like listening to that, you need this much protein and that but doesn't necessarily work for me. Yeah. And, you know, it really was illustrated beautifully when Sherry was here visiting me this summer and I made a, a dinner that was a vegetarian dinner. We had had meat at lunchtime. I didn't even think about Sherry likes to eat more meat. And then she was starving after dinner. And she's like, I got to have some meat. And so we found her something in the kitchen, but I was fine. And it was just that her body requires more meat-based protein than mine does. Like I have not eaten meat since October and I'm fine. Oh, and see, I would not be fine with that. I do need meat, but I think I'm more of a mid-range and adding in all that dairy just was too, you know, between trying to get in those macros. I did it with dairy because of how much meat can you eat? And I'm like I said, I'm not planning to be meat free for the rest of my life. I'm not like, now I'm a vegetarian, but I just, when I want it, I'll have it. It just hasn't come around yet. And I do well with balance. I grew up eating a balanced diet that incorporated both meats and carbs and fruits and vegetables. We ate from all the food groups. And so I think my body leans to that because that's what it grew up doing. And it really is how I feel best. I don't feel great doing a low-fat diet either. When I did that shred diet, yeah, my eczema got so bad. Too low-fat? It was too low-fat, yes. So, And I, I was doing it in the winter, which we are very dry in the winter. Right now, I, my skin feels pretty good because it's rainy and 60. But a week and a half ago, it was negative 30 wind chills. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, that'll dry you out. <laughs> so now I, I genuinely believe our bodies tell us, and it's just so interesting how both of my boys have gravitated towards, not because I told them not to eat meat or anything, but both of them have gravitated to less meat. And like I made something when I was not eating meat at all for my plant-based experiment, and I put chicken in for Chad and Will and not for me. And Will, I watched him pick. He said he wanted it. I said, do you want chicken? He's like, yeah. I watched him pick it all out and not eat it. Oh, that's funny. It was funny. He didn't want it. And so I'm like, he's listening to his body right there. So you just got to listen to your body, not somebody else's body. So, well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? First of all, I would say get your fasting insulin tested because that can help you know how you should eat. If you're fasting insulin is really high and your waist circumference is really high, you're, you're insulin resistant. And you may benefit from either doing low carb or alternate day fasting, but you don't have to jump right into alternate day fasting. It took me a year before I was ready to do that. Yep. But if you know your insulin is high, then you're going to need to do something to bring it down. And yep, fasting can do it. And alternate day fasting is great for yes. that. And then just do it. You can do it. I was one of those people who said, I can never do that. I have to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks in between. I have to eat all the time. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, well, that is that is true. Not only can you do it, but you might just feel so much better that you weren't expecting. Yes. That's what we have found. I feel so healthy and so well. And I thankful that God put fasting into my life because it has made such a difference in my life. And I believe I will live longer unless God takes me some other way, but I don't feel I'm going to fight health issues to shorten my life. I'm going to be able to live a long life full of good health. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'm so glad that you're feeling good. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. 
the world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.